What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Shoot, what were we talking about? We're talking about dick. <laughs> <laughs> Benson, welcome to another episode of Too Tired to Be Crazy with me on every Thursday. Today, my special guest. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Too tired to be crazy. Did you not realize? No, I just. You love like it. come on my podcast? You don't even know the name of it. Yeah, no, I didn't. But I really like it. Too tired to be crazy. <laughs> Too tired to be crazy. After I just told her I was, I was crying before she came to my yeah. interview. We all need breakdowns. It's okay. It's like quick breakdowns. You just like gotta get it over with. It's like a quickie. Yeah, but like an emotional quickie. Literally, and I feel better. Oh, I'm kind of turned on. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> when you when you cry, you release like actual stress hormones. Mm. So instead of somebody eating your pussy, you're just crying. Yeah, that's how you get it. Honestly, I prefer the second thing. But at this point, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll take the crying. That's all I have. Yeah, I get it. Um. Okay. So my guest today is Kiana Lede. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna fuck it up. I'm really proud I of thought you. I was gonna fuck it. Okay, Kiana Lede. Um, okay, so my guest today is very talented. She is an R&B singer. She starred in the second season of MTV's Scream, the Netflix show all about the Washingtons. Her debut album released recently in April um, and number 30 in the Billboard charts. And I mean, that's there's more than that. I mean, you you released an album in April, but mm. I feel like you also released an album in July or June or July, haven't you? Or a single? No, I released a single, Dear Mr. President. Okay, I think I get mixed up between... Um, the the definition of an album and a album single. is multiple songs and a single is just singles one. one yeah okay well i feel like last night i really wasn't my emotion so i was like listening to like all of your songs but then mm. i swear they were in different categories like there know. was there's two eps oh you which see, is a smaller album basically that's what confuses me yes i was listening to moving on and then i was listening to nostalgia oh which so is those are playlists so like <laughs> <That's true. laughs> So many different terms. So those are playlists, which I basically put the moods of each of like oh. a couple songs of the album. I package them together as moods Yo, and I'm then put them so out. So dumb. I was like, damn, she released three albums in 2020. <laughs> this is insane. Kiki, nostalgia, <sighs> moving on. And I was like, yeah, moving on. Then I was like, okay, we're going to talk about exes and moving on. Perfect. Because yeah. of your like your playlist titles, which yeah. I thought were albums. Yeah, no, those are playlists, but Which explains why some songs repeated it themselves. Yes. Now I fully understand in every single artist on their playlist on Spotify why they have that. Yeah, I'm always like, why do they create? Why do they keep some of the same songs in a new album? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why. Wow, I learned. Or sometimes today. they put out the singles of the songs before they put out the album. So oh, yeah, you've already I, I heard. Okay. Yeah. My sister told me to stop talking about Zodiac signs so much, but I'll just ask this one question and then we never have to speak about it again. Okay. What do you think that makes you such an Aries? I think all the qualities of an Aries, like I possess to like the deepest level. Like I'm very extreme, very confident, 
also very sensitive, very stubborn, like everything that is about an Aries is me. So even if Zodiacs didn't exist, which they do, but even if they didn't, I would just, it would still like classify me as, or it would still, it would still. You would still have those traits. I would still have those traits. And yeah. those traits are what make me me and also happen to be traits of an Aries. Yeah. And I'm a Scorpio and Scorpio and Aries get along really well. You say you don't really like dating them. I love dating Aries. So maybe that's how Aries people feel about me when they date me. <laughs> Because I'm very passionate and I feel like, and possess, mm. like, but I, the, my favorite thing about Aries, and I feel like, A, that's why I have so many girlfriends who are Aries. Mm. My favorite thing about Aries is that we're both so passionate and we say how it is. Mm -hmm. And we're sensitive in different ways, yeah. I would say, but like, we just are so like straightforward. And I think I love that about my friendships, all my friends. Like, we just speak our minds and it's just mm. fun. And I feel like when I, what I love dating Aries guys is because I'm very possessive and I'm like, you're mine. And I feel like Aries is the only other sign that also loves being like, you're mine. Yeah. Because everyone else is like, that's disrespectful. You don't own me. You don't own my body. No. And I'm like, but you're mine. Like, No, what? I want somebody to want to like own me. And I want me to too. own I literally, I always talk about this. Like I want to find that person that is like, you're mine and I'm yours and there's nobody else. And it's us against the world. And that's it. And we're fucking partners. Like you're my fucking person that's me too that's what i want that's i want I that want. too so why don't you like scorpios i don't get it <laughs> because because scorpios the scorpio men at least that i've known it's like they're possessive but they don't return that they don't ever like they they oh. have control issues oh and they're possessive but they're and they're very narcissistic and selfish but they're never just like hey and yeah you're i'm also yours there's never that return of that. yeah my dad's a scorpio <laughs> Mine too. So. Oh my god! We probably have stories to share. Both our dads are Scorpios. That's so funny. Uh, shout out to my but dad. But I also think that we're like one, like one of the only signs for each other to like keep it real with each other. Yeah, I to agree. like put each other in place and be like, I feel like there's only one other sign like that, and for me at least, and that's Leos. That like yeah, keep Leo, it very like Aries and Leos are is a great. Um, it's very compatible too. I agree. Like I don't, I wouldn't say I get along that well with other Leo girls because like I love to be the center of attention, and right. so do they. But um, but some people also say I'm not that much of a Scorpio. So I don't know. But like I agree with Aries that we do keep it real. And as a Scorpio, I think I respect people more once the first time they put me in my place, which is right. very common for me to to test people's boundaries. Mm. And then like one time with my friend um, Kira. I hurt, said something to hurt her feelings because it's very common for me to do that on accidents. And then she was just like, that's not okay. Like you you really upset me and I don't feel like a friend should talk to me this way. And instead mm -hmm. of like, you know, being like, well, fuck her or whatever, I listen, I respected her for standing up to me. Right. And I was like, I hear you, this will never happen again. And it never mm -hmm. did. Cause, and then and actually it brought us closer because it made me respect her. And I feel like in a weird way, I hate talking about zodiac signs, but I feel like in a weird way, it's a Scorpio trait where we test people's boundaries and if they put us in their place we love them so much more because of that right and i like to put people in their place yeah so that's what <laughs> perfect like i love it so we're good um okay so what do you think is there something you think that most people don't know about you i mean the only thing that i would say is that i'm like an extremely sexual person like i think more than i put out I don't know. I listened more to some I of your say. songs last night. And I know. They like... seem very sexual, but like even more than that, like there's some stuff I have to like not put on my Instagram stories or like 
Like if there's stuff on my saved that I just saved and left in my camera roll, because I was like, that's just a little too much. But I love that. Well, <sighs> I don't know if um, you guys, a lot of people, I don't know if everyone knows this about you because you look mixed and mm -hmm. I'm not sure if people know what you are, but um, I was looking at it and basically it's really cool. Your mom is Mexican and Native American and then your father is African American. I was like African black. Is African American <laughs> yeah. and Native American. Yeah, and they're both white. Okay, and they both have white in yeah. them too. And that's where you and you, you said that you and your sisters, you guys all kind of look different a little too. Like your sisters are blonde. Yeah, so so I'm the only one with my mom and my dad. My mom is Mexi native Mexican and white. Her mom is from Norway um, and is my mom's second generation American. Um, and then my mom's dad was deported back to Mexico before she was born. So I never knew him, but he was native Mexican. And then my dad is black and white and he has native, like he has Cherokee and Cheyenne in him as well. I don't know what side that comes from, but he's white and black. Um, but I'm the only one with my mom and my dad. So my sisters have another mom and their mom is half black, half white. She's from Germany, okay, Croatia and Germany. She grew up in like both parts, okay. but her dad is from Brooklyn and he's New York. He's, I mean, he's from, Brooklyn and he's black so they are technically more black than I am but they look exactly like me like picture me but white with more freckles blue eyes blonde hair but it's an afro that's my middle sister that's so beautiful and then my youngest sister is picture me white skin dark blue eyes and red curly hair yeah that's so crazy like all three different colors but we all look exactly alike weirdly yeah, that's really crazy. So then I also have a brother. Oh, okay. Brother. My brother is my mom and my stepdad. <laughs> and he doesn't look anything like me, but he is white and Mexican and native. So then growing up with all the being so biracial, then growing up, was it hard for you then to feel like you fit in with any type of like what was it hard for you to even find your identity? Yeah, it was really hard to find my identity. Like I always felt like I was like, a loner like I never fit in anywhere fully um when it came to like personality or race or anything um my school was very segregated and I was one of those girls that like that showed in my personality like I was friends with everybody I was just friends with everybody everybody knew me but I never really like belonged to one group oh my god that was me in high school too yeah and Not but you weren't like a popular girl like I wasn't like a popular girl oh I was popular oh <laughs> can't relate <laughs> i was definitely not popular because the popular girls were skinny white girls like they were like volleyball really <laughs> yeah, did you okay great but yeah no so i i mean i had friends in every single group um i grew up in a predominantly black and mexican neighborhood and i would ride the bus every day so i had friends you know of of all of my races but they didn't really hang out with me on the weekends because my I didn't speak Spanish as well as they did because my I didn't know my grandpa. So like I just never was able to like keep up with them on the weekends. They'd be yeah. having conversations all in Spanish and I'd be like, wait, speak slower. <laughs> <laughs> so couldn't really hang out with them. Um, yeah, no one really like wanted to get to know me. So I was always kind of left in the middle. So I made a lot of I had like a lot of Filipino friends in high school because they don't they didn't really they kind of felt the same way as me. Aww. Um, And yeah, that was my high school experience. But I it wasn't until I came out to L.A. Then I felt like 
there was a more mixture of people like it was more diverse and i had a lot more black friends and i was able to get closer to my culture my dad wasn't really in my life until i was like 12. so like getting to know him a little bit more as i'm getting more into my adult life and your stepdad's white my stepdad's white yeah so it was like getting to know my culture a little bit more and getting closer with people of my race that were willing to get to know me in LA was a little bit easier, you know? Yeah, so what do you, what, how do you identify yourself as now? I identify myself as every one of the things that I am and also mixed. So like, I am Mexican, I am native, I am black, I am, I'm not white. I can't even say I'm white because no one sees me as white. Like my skin is black and brown. So I never, the only thing I don't identify as is white because I've just never been viewed as white. But so then is a weird you have such a loving relationship with your stepfather and he's mm-hmm. white. So did, did that change anything for you and your point of view or in your life or not at all? I mean, he's always loved me, accepted me, um, protected me, fought for me. And we have had lots of really um, progressive and great conversations about race. And he supports me and how I feel about my my race and how I feel about my identity. Um, he has always had my back and he's not really, he's, he's somebody that I really trust to have those conversations with because he is very, he fights for me. And he's like, I I don't think you, open-minded is not the right word. Like you shouldn't have to be open-minded to like be (laughs) accepting of somebody's color of their skin or race, but like, he's just a very good dude and he's very, um, progressive. So it's never been weird with us. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I love your songs because it's always about, you know, love and sex and boys and feelings. So what would you Mm. say um, in your recent album, what would you say inspired you all those songs? Because it was a lot about like moving on. Like sometimes like, I just want to fuck you again. But then it's like also moving on. It's like no more second chances, keep going. And then like, remember you're a bad bitch and blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, I miss you. And then I was like, okay, what, (laughs) what is this about? I mean, it's all just based off of true events. I think love is one of the greatest things that moves us in life. And I am a very emotional person. So I had to let it out in the songs. So would you say your relationships usually what inspires all your songs? Yeah, the ones that come out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, is that scary for guys to then date you if they think like it's going to be in your songs or they just like they know that's what's coming? That's like something that happens when we break up is like they always are like, oh, when's the song coming out? Like, did you write the song yet? They always bring it up. 
Um, but no, they I'm always like, you know what you're getting into. I agree. There was this um, there's this like quote that I really love that I always abide by, which says, if you didn't want people writing about you, then you should have behaved better. And that's on that. And that's on that. <laughs> so, and that's how I feel. So if someone really disrespects me and I need to like let my emotions out and write about it, yeah. I will. I love that. Cause like the, we've talked about it, the most beautiful, the most beautiful art always comes out of the most painful moments. Yeah. Um, so again, I was listening to the album yesterday and one of my favorite songs is Second Chances. I really love that cause I can relate to it. Um, it's basically, if you guys haven't heard it, it's it's basically about like when you love someone and you keep giving them chances. Hello, second chances, mm-hmm. but and they keep letting you down. So have you ever had that experience? Yeah, I think in every relationship I've been in, it's been like second, third, fourth, fifth, and then before you came, I was reading about how, which is something I had to learn for myself that the first heartbreak I've ever had wasn't from a boy, from a boyfriend. It was my father, which is really true. Like you, when you're first young, you, the first man you fall in love with is your dad, obviously yeah. in a platonic way. Yeah. Like the first man you fall in love with is your father. Anything else would be weird. <laughs> I don't know why I have to like even explain that. Like, obviously I'm assuming. with your dad and like they can always break they uh, if they break your heart then it continues have you ever felt like you've lost yourself in someone else yeah I think um my first relationship I definitely lost myself I just I felt like that was my my life it was like I had that and I also had I had my music but I also had my relationship and that was like just as important um or sometimes more important and I was really young though. Like I got, I got very lost in it. It was my first love. I lost my virginity to him. Like it was like my everything. When did you lose your virginity? When I was 17. Me too. High five for underage losing your virginity under the age of 18. That's like pretty. It's pretty normal. That's pretty good actually. No, that's like, that makes me feel like I'm a virgin. The fact that I waited till 17 to lose it. All my friends lost them when they were like 13. Yeah, I guess I do know a lot of people that lost it earlier than me. I was trying to wait till marriage. (laughs) Well, no, I was Me. like, I'm going to marry him. Oh. Once I lost, I was like, well, that's my husband. Right. No, We're I get be that. Toge- like one penis for me forever. Then when I fucked my next guy, I was like, wait, they come in other sizes? <laughs> was it a bigger size or a smaller size? Yeah. Then size? I realized my first boyfriend had a really small dick. I had, oh. I never knew because I was like, how you would I know? You thought that was just, yeah, I get that. So God bless. Thank God. Yeah, I totally get that. You broke up with me. I was literally, <laughs> I was literally just talking about this with somebody that like, I feel like in my first relationship, cause we, I had lost my virginity to him and we were together for so long. I like did everything with him. Like we tried so many things and I don't know if I'm a sex addict now, but like I definitely have high expectations of sex because of that, because that was my very first experience. I thought that everyone was like that sexual and that extreme and that oh, yeah. experimental and that, like that was my standard. So now it's just like, I'm always like, oh, yeah. is that what it's like? And if it's not like, am I pretty? <laughs> I have such high sex expectations that I just don't have sex anymore because I'm like, everyone's mm. going to let me down. So yeah. I'm just like, I'll just do it myself. If I want the best, I'm going to get the best with myself. I love that. That's <laughs> healthy. That's really healthy. Yeah. I think I'm at that point too, where I'm like, if it doesn't match up to me, then I don't want it. Do you then believe in second chances or do you feel like by now you know better? No, I think I know better. I I have not been a person coming out of a relationship to give second chances. It's always been like, I give a lot of chances in the relationship. And then 
because I'm very loyal. And then once it's like you push me to my boundary, that's my limit and I can't I can't do it anymore. Um, but now I'm at a point where I realized that potential means nothing because you don't know if they're going to live up to potential and you just need to meet somebody where they're at. And if that's good, then that's good. And if it's not, then move on. Yeah, I think that's the biggest mistake us women do in general, including myself, where I date someone. I'm like, well, they have so much potential. They they just like if they just like once they find a job or like once they do this, they're going to be like amazing. And it's like, no, stop looking for potential and find because then you're just falling in love with the potential of somebody. And then yeah. they just all they do is gonna, they're going to end up disappointing you. Exactly. I I had this conversation the other day when I was doing shroom with my shrooms with my friends that the world is one big locker room or football game and there's the football players and you know they hype each other up dudes all men are just football teams and they just hype each other up and they get really like toxic masculinity and like throw themselves at things and like try to compete but i want the fucking coach like i want the guy oh, oh my god in my head i was like yeah i want to fuck all of them and then you're just like <laughs> like as you're talking about them i'm just like and then you're just like like as you're talking about them i'm just like you're yes, like, yes. Yes, they're like that. I'm just thinking like in the locker room, like all of this, especially because I've dated athletes before. So I'm just a like imagining in the locker that. room. That's I'm just what like, you're... yeah, I want to fuck every single one of them. And you're like, no, but then you like you want to fuck the coach. Yeah. Like, oh, OK, God, you want okay. the coach. You want the coach. You want the guy who's like at least a little I fatter, do. a little chubbier, a little older, <laughs> a little older, maybe a little bit more bald. His hairline's already receded, but he's, he's been through shit. But he's been through it. He's lived through it. He's experienced it. And, you know, so he he's the one heart. giving the yes. And he's the one giving the that the coaching the, the coaching advice. and he's just yeah that's and what he's i need loyal because he's balding and like he has less <laughs> options <laughs> you know i don't balding. know i'm for a baldy like i'm into the baldies you are i need yeah. to get into that i have the not. baldies with the beards get into it girl really oh yeah okay i mean i'm trying i, I feel like i've been trying to kind of maybe find a jewish man because oh. i'm jewish and most of them are balding. So I guess at this point, I have no choice but to give them a chance because that's most right. of them in their 30s. They're balding with a beard, wow. which is hard because normally I just fall in love with people for their hearts. So like I've mm. usually I've, I've dated like every single different race. Mm. It, like I literally don't have a type, I would say. But now I'm looking for like um, marriage. Mm. So my brain, a part of me thinks You're like, oh, I marriage? should. Yeah, I can't believe I just said that. Can't alone. relate. Um, so what, do you have like a personality type or is it just like how they fit into your lifestyle? I think how they fit into my lifestyle. I'm really attracted to people that are very motivated and hardworking. Like that's mm. so attractive to me and sexy because like when somebody is really hardworking, it, it motivates me and mm -hmm. I want and but I'm also looking for someone now. I know that I'm looking for that person that's really loyal and that um, is kind of has the same views as you where it's like you're my person. Mm -hmm. I'm yours. We're each other like it's us against the world. I feel like that's the partner I'm looking for where because right. I just I just feel like I genuinely I think like I just need someone by my side to 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 help me become the best I can be. And they inspire me. They encourage me to be the best. They tone me down. So like mm -hmm. I like a guy that doesn't talk that much because I talk me too. a lot. Me too. It's the truth. Like yeah. he's and he's calm. Yes. Because when I get Cause you need somebody to chill you out when I get mad, like I'm explosive. Yes. And I don't know if people care about Zodiac charts and stuff, but uh, <laughs> but you said you were never going to talk about it again, but I'm happy that you are. <laughs> but we're my back. Mars. My this was Mars. the real topic of the entire podcast. <laughs> with Zodiac signs, actually. <laughs> but my Mars, my Mars is like how you how you fuck and how you argue. Mm. Mine is Aries. So I'm a Scorpio. Ugh, so I'm already welcome. like 
yeah I, which is why i'm so good in bed mm. <laughs> obviously me too <laughs> uh well no not if you're like your mars is like cancer mm. mine's aries your mars is aries yeah you know that for a fact yes. you're just saying that no it's like oh so you're like i have a lot spicy, of aries spicy. i have like ten, yes you're like fire 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 i have 10 houses in aries yeah oh wow so yeah. you're like a lot to handle yeah but you're also fun. Like, I feel like that makes you fun. But like, that, I, I like consider myself fun too because I'm so unpredictable. So I need someone who's more calm than me, more organized. Right. And to just allow me to be my like free sphere, independent self and know that I'm just like loyal as fuck. And, and like, look at me, like they're proud of me. I feel like because of what I do for a living, sometimes I get scared that somebody's gonna judge me or sometimes be embarrassed yeah. to date me. So I want somebody that's just so proud of everything I do and it makes me feel, you know, valued. Especially like dating outside of the industry too is like yeah. a little scary. Like, cause you want somebody who like does their own thing and is like independent, like you said, and like really hardworking. And if that's outside of the industry, then they might judge you for what you do. Like, exactly. that's, yeah, I get that. It's really yeah. scary. So, okay. So I feel like I've talked about this with friends before that, you know, you're in trouble when you stop telling your friends about you getting back you getting together with your ex because it's it gets embarrassing at one point so have you ever had that one ex where the dick was just like so bombed or you're just so addicted to like how toxic it is and you just stop telling your friends you just like you know you stop sharing your location so they don't know you're fucking your ex again and then you're just you just keep fucking him like have you had that one person that sounds really personal <laughs> um yeah i've done it do you want to talk about it <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> um no i've actually never fucked an ex what yeah i've oh, i've wanted to but i've never actually done it i've made out with an ex before your most popular song is literally called x i know because i didn't want to be his ex but he was also not with me at that moment. He was in another country. Oh, I get it. So basically it's because you said you give people chances, chances, chances. So it's basically while you're still together. But have you ever had that one person that you dated that all your friends at this point are like, dude, he's trash. Break up with him. Yeah. And you keep talking to him. So at one point you just stop telling your friends about him. Yeah, I, I did that. I did that recently. Uh huh. Um, but I also got to a point recently where I was like, I definitely don't want to go back to him. What? What? After what I made out with him. Oh. Okay, what was the breaking point? Was it his tongue? <laughs> no, his tongue was nice. Um, no, it was it was um more like I just wanted to Okay, I'm just gonna tell the story. Oh no. Oh no. I always get myself in trouble because I get too detailed, but <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, so Basically, I wanted to like I was holding on to this person and like wanting to get back together with them so badly. And I wanted them to just show up at my door and be like, I want you back. Oh, my God. Like this. You're for me. I don't know what I was thinking before. And I broke up with him. But like and then it became like a mutual thing. But I wanted him to be like, oh, my God, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, why would I let you go? Blah, blah, blah. You know, like a fantasy. Like a I fairy do that tale. every time. Yeah. So I really wanted that. And he wasn't giving that to me. And then I was like, hmm, I'm just going to like, we're going to be friends and like, it's going to be cool and whatever. Like I can do this. I can just be friends with him. And then I went to go give him some of his stuff and then we ended up making out. And then uh, when I did shrooms, actually, I was like, I came up with the coach thing and I was like, he's not a coach. He's a great guy, like a really great guy. 
um great in bed for anybody that dates him next um but <laughs> and his tongue is great um but i just wanted some i wanted a coach and like he's just not a coach he just i was his first girlfriend ever and he needed to do some learning so and then we were gonna hang out for what this is too we were gonna hang out because we were still trying to be friends because especially during quarantine it's like really hard to just be like alone and, okay you yeah know? yeah so he was like oh well let's fuck i don't even know if this should be in there but he was like oh well let's fuck and um i was like no that's not how it went I just had a psychic ability and I said, oh, he definitely wants to fuck. So I said, I just, before we hang out, I just want to set some boundaries and some ground rules that yeah. were just on friendship basis. And then he was like, Let's not so no out. sex. Okay. And I was like, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. That's not happening. And then he said something that was very like ego rather than being like, I just miss fucking you or I miss being with you. It was like very about him. And that's when I was like, I don't want to be your toy. Like, I don't want to be your toy. I don't want to be your toy. I want to. I want you to want to fuck me, not just like anything. And I'm just there. Yeah, I think he was probably confused. Yeah, or just like really horny. That's why exes. I feel like it's it's a really weird thing, and it becomes like a really gray area, and it makes it hard. Like, are we friends? Are we not? Like, do we still have feelings for each other? There's always somebody that's being led on on accident. Yeah. There's always somebody that expects more from the friendship. Yeah. In the end. So I think sometimes it's good to just have a clean break for a little bit, just in general. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Just need that little space. Yeah. And just fuck yourself. I love fucking myself. I'm really good at it. You are? Yeah. How often do you masturbate? Probably once a day. I feel like I haven't had the chance sometimes. I feel like I feel like recently I haven't even been horny when I masturbate. It's just like part of my schedule. Like, oh, OK, I'm about right. to go to bed. I'll just masturbate really quick and then I'll like keep writing some notes no, that I need out. to write. Oh, or I'll pass out. I Usually pass I pass out. out. You're right. I do pass out after I masturbate. Yeah. But like so I feel like it's part of my schedule and I hate that because I'm like, I'm not even thinking about anything. It's just like a routine thing. It's not even fun. And I feel like orgasms, mm. they come in different like ways too. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes it's just like a release thing. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a, I'm really horny. Most of the time it's just because I'm really Have horny. you ever cried while masturbating? No. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm so fine. Do you need me to give you my therapist <laughs> number? Because I will. <laughs> no, no if I, sometimes masturbation, thinking about it like does make me sad, but then I just don't. I feel like I'm so weird with like the fact that like I love talking about masturbating and like I, lo- I love masturbating too but I always get so grossed out right after it's like because sometimes if I watch something specific really quick while I'm masturbating and I have like all right. these thoughts and I'm so turned on and then I come and suddenly I'm just like yeah what the fuck am I watching right this is so disgusting. right and I just like pretend what it's is not that happening. called so they call that something you um just, where you just grow like clarity out. like you're like you you just like you, you feel were, shame. Yeah. I, I feel shame or something about what I just did, even though I like I'm an adult and I live alone. Yeah. No one can find out except my cat who watches me do it, which is weird. <laughs> She's right there. <laughs> She's, looking. Oh, She's hey. like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. Every night. Um, yeah. I don't think you should feel shame unless you're watching something disgusting. No, no, I'm not. Yeah. Um, OK, so what's the dumbest thing you've ever done for love? Trust. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Wow. Uh, yeah. Relatable. I have trust issues, if you can't tell. No way. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's the dumbest thing. Yeah, that's the dumbest thing ever does is trust a man. Um, Would you say you're a petty ex? I can be. Like, I definitely have. Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty. I'm not a petty girlfriend, but I'm a petty ex. What's the pettiest thing you've ever done after a breakup? Written a song about it. And it it? became like a. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. But you didn't mention their names. No, I didn't. But I might as well have. Because I have a lot, like now I'm giving a lot of details. Like this person definitely knows I'm talking about them and Aww. people know who this is. Okay, so. so that's the pettiest thing you've ever done? Because one of your songs, you're literally like, I'm trash your whole apartment and I threw your shit out. Um, I did something like that with somebody. Um, well, when my ex cheated on me, I took everything that he ever gave me, anything we bought together and anything that was his in the apartment that I moved us into for us. Um, I took everything and I threw away a lot of it so that he could never get it back. And then I also gave it to his friend to put in a storage unit so that it was out of my apartment. <laughs> but still, he could get out and of I the storage unit. And I burned a lot of shit. Oh, okay. I missed that part. You yeah, burned a lot I of shit. I burned a lot of stuff. Because I'm an Aries. It's fire. Back to the Zodiacs. So when you burned a lot of shit, did you at least try to make sure it's like in a, like, like not in a fire hazard place? Like you made sure it's like in a trash can or something? No, I was psychotic. Yeah. It was in your own apartment? Yes. And then I put everything in garbage bags specifically so that he would know that he was trash. Did he only did you only need for him to cheat on you once for you to kick him out? Or yeah. have you forgiven a cheater before? No, I've never forgiven a cheater. That's like the one it's like being a Trump supporter, cheating. <laughs> um, those are like my really only two things. Like my only two deal breakers. Or like if you hit me. I would hope so, yeah. But I've also been in that situation where it's like almost happened and I just let it go because I was really stupid back then. Well, I don't think you should call yourself stupid for something like that. I think I think when we put in situations like that, it just throws us off. A lot of situations that you get in that you assume in your brain like, oh, I'm going to be such a bad bitch and I would tell this person off. When you're in the situation, you freeze or your brain tells you, what's your it's my fault. Like I must have was asking for it somehow. So I don't want you to think they're stupid for that. I don't want anyone else that's listening to blame themselves for any situation that they didn't react the way they thought they should have. That's very true. Be proud of yourself that you even experienced that situation. You came out of it. That's very true. Stupid is definitely the wrong word because I've been in a lot of situations where I didn't act the way that I thought I would. Even still, I deal with certain situations where I thought uh, I have been raped multiple times and I thought that I would be that person that would like go to the police and like talk about it on Twitter and like do all the like valiant things that you're that people say that you should do. But I haven't done half of those things. And I'm somebody who stands up and advocates for people all the time. So like, I don't know, but it is much harder to advocate for yourself than for other people. It's that's very true. You're you're so right. I mean, even yeah, like us having this conversation because you just expect like I'm your voice for other people. So you expect yourself to always be strong because you're a voice for other people. But it's, it's not the same. Plus, like a lot of these situations we end up in as a woman, they're not always so black and white. They can yeah. be gray. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I've been in a situation where somebody was um, threatening me. Um, this man that was supposed to work for his brand, uh, clothing brand, was tried to like film getting handsy with me or like it was really inappropriate so weird and i freaked out and i walked away and then he like he was like on drugs and he was some party and he came in my face starts yelling at me and i just assumed my brain if anyone ever came in my face and like tried to like hit me or that you would put his fingers off my vagina on or whatever i thought like i would hit them Mm. and i because i'm such a i pop off so easily and i froze and like Mm. he's yelling at me and no one's doing anything and i just froze and i just bolted out of the party and I went and I got an Uber and I went home and I was just sat in the Uber and I started crying because I was yeah. just like I was blaming myself I was like I can't believe like how, what did I do wrong like what why did I make this person react this right. way with me and then I was angry at myself that I didn't hit him right because I was just like I'm so fucking weak and I remember when I talked about it with my mom and my sister they were like I'm so proud of you that you didn't raise your hands because who 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 knows how he would have reacted because right. he's on drugs if you would have hit you back or whatever. Yeah. And that is, I'm sorry that happened to you. But that's also another thing that it's not talked about enough. Like people always like question the victim. They always say like, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Because we're scared. Because it's like, you don't know what the ne- what the person's going to do next. You don't know how, you, if you're going to get away. You don't know what, like you said, what that person's going to do. So that fear, even if, even if you could have hit him and he wouldn't, blah, 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 whatever. That fear is enough to be like, traumatizing within yeah. itself but anyway forget about me i'm fine <laughs> again my therapist <laughs> number will be sent to you after this podcast no i totally feel you i mean i i this is not something that i've ever talked about publicly but i would love to talk about it um when i was like 15 to 17 i had a producer who was 28 years old who was sexting me and i hadn't ever had sex like i didn't really know what was happening um but the the reason that or his reasoning for i'm sorry the way that he placed blame on me (laughs) was by telling me that he was attracted to me because i walked in wearing shorts to my session and what you said just reminded me of that because i constantly put blame on myself saying like oh well maybe my butt cheeks were showing a little too much because of like dress codes at school because dress codes always like told you like only like three finger straps and like your shorts have to go by your knees and like whatever and that teaches us from such a young age and i was at that age where dress code was still applying to me i was going to high school so the fact that he used that against me to say that it was my fault why he was so attracted to me and he knew it was wrong but he was just attracted to me was like so fucked up but i definitely put blame on myself so the next time i saw him because i really wanted to work with him because he gained my trust and he was grooming me the the next time i saw him i wore like a dress and he still said what he had to say (laughs) he still was like creepy as fuck and it was just like i tried even after placing the blame and trying to like do what i could to like help the situation not to to like prevent the situation it still happened so I mean, it doesn't really matter what you're wearing. They're going to try to say shit to blame you anyway. Literally, yeah. No, I've, I, it's crazy in Hollywood. Like, it's just so weird. I've had, when I first started daddy issues, like this one guy that wanted to be my manager. And then he started to text me really late at night. 
And I finally was like, dude, you know, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. I can't tell if you were trying to manage me or you're trying right. to go out with me. And it's starting to make me uncomfortable. And he was like, Violetta, this is how this business works. Like, if you're trying to move ahead, this is the kind of things you're supposed to be okay with. Like, stop being such a baby. You're being a child right now. And then I was like, I've achieved everything in my life because I have very immigrant mentality. I was like, I've achieved everything in my life on my own. Mm. I will not now uh, need a man to help me with something. Right. I'm good. Or man or woman in general. And I was yep. like, I'm good. And I clearly did just fine with my career without him. And he's so beneath me. And then I saw him years later at some party because I just like never saw him again. I saw him years later at some party and he was with some woman and he like, approached me and tried to be nice. And I remember I froze because I was just like, you disgusting fucking pig. Yeah. And you just pretend like everything was fine. So then you get confused and you have to pretend like everything's fine. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. But like, you know, it's fine. No, it's not fine. But I'm just saying I know better. And I feel, I'm so sorry for anyone out there that's listening if anything similar happened to them. But I feel like in general, us women, we have so many of these stories. Mm -hmm. It's almost shocking at this point. Mm -hmm. And it, it almost becomes too normalized. I don't want... I have every single one of my friends has had a situation when they were younger yeah. where they were harassed, harassed. by someone. Yeah. yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah. Like your stories about um, being the R word. Have you spoken? Have you ever talked about it before? Yeah, um, I was open about it on Instagram because I'm one of those people that like, I, I don't know, people is my real passion. And like, if I can, the reason I make music is to help people feel better or yeah. feel or feel the emotion that they're feeling and be okay with feeling that emotion um so i like to share my personal stories for anybody because i feel like if i don't share it then i'm wasting it like then it was a waste of an experience because i'm not using it to help anybody so i shared that i was raped and it was exactly a year to the day after i was raped and it was the first time i talked about it with my therapist and I just wanted to share that to like let people know that there's like not really a right way to go about it. And that as long as you're seeking help and you're doing the things that it takes for you to be better, um, then that's all you really can do. And um, I think the biggest guilt that I still carry that I'm like trying to work through because it's not, it shouldn't be put all on me is that like I don't want other women to go through what I went through with that person because I didn't report him or because I didn't. You know, like I don't want to I feel a lot of guilt and I carry that around because I want to fix things and I want to fix people in the world. And um, I I just can't really I, I can't carry that around. Like all yeah. I can do is like really do what's what's best for me. And I have to fix myself first. And that way I can use that to help. Yeah. People. Uh, I'm still struggling with it, obviously. <laughs> no, you're doing great. And I love that because uh, I agree with that. I mean, my mom told me that before. She was just like, she always tells me something. like, your mental health should always come first because you you will not be able to help other people if you you're not okay first. And I yeah. agree with that. And, and you also, you can't expect yourself to be perfect. And I think the real fans or people that listen to me, your music, the reason they can relate to you is because you talk about your flaws. So mm. I think it's... Um, it's a losing game if you are just going to play where you're just always going to blame yourself for mm. not doing something right because there, there's no right answer. Yeah, that's so true. Are you would you say you're somebody that holds grudges or do you just um, let it go like your song moving? I try not to be a person that holds grudges, but I definitely do. It's more of like a noted kind of thing. It's like a I'm going to remember that. But like, you know, 
just don't do anything like that again because if you do it's done i'm like that too are you like an all or nothing type of gal i feel like you are yeah i definitely am i'm trying to be less like i literally just talked to my therapist this morning about black and white and she said sometimes there's gray and you just have to be okay with the gray and like i'm trying to really be more present in that and more accepting of that but it's very difficult for me what's your biggest fear when it comes to love I mean, I have a lot of fears when it comes to love. <laughs> I have a fear of love, so we'll just start Aww, there. Yeah. Um, I have a fear of love because I fear losing it. Um, because I am a very like all or nothing person. So like I don't want to get really deep into something and give my all to something that I'm just gonna lose out on because I've lost out on a lot of things um when it comes to love, starting from like a very young age, obviously. So I don't know. It, I think the I fear just love because I fear losing it. I fear trusting somebody and looking stupid um, because I've been cheated on. And I've yeah. been like, I don't know. I, I, I don't like to look stupid. I like to know all the facts. I like to know mm-hmm. what everybody's thinking and go from there. And when I feel like a joke is being played on me or I'm being manipulated or I'm not getting the full story of something, it makes me feel stupid. And I just don't like that. So, and then you're just hard on yourself because you're supposed to be perfect, and, it's and like, you're well, supposed to I be the person that knows. Better. Yes, exactly. Like it's so instead of being about the person who hurt you and like they suck, it's more like, well, why didn't I see it? What's wrong with me that I couldn't see this person's a piece of shit? Right. Why must didn't be something, I trust yeah, my instinct? Like I'm or, so yeah. I'm an idiot versus yeah. being like, no, that person sucks because they tricked you. Yeah, exactly. I can relate. That's um. That's really hard. I feel like that's really touching. I, I feel like I've never been able to put that into words about my what I'm, my biggest fear when it comes to love. Because for me, it's, I guess, being people abandoning me. Yeah. But uh, I think the way you describe it, it's way more poetic and beautiful about that you fear actual love because mm-hmm. you then you fear of losing it. Because I think I can relate to that. I'm sure everyone listening can relate to that too. That makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. When do you think? When do you think you'll be able to not fear that? Do you think it starts with yourself then? It's weird because it's like, how do you learn something until you're doing it? Like, I only learn from experience. And like, I think, unfortunately, my only experiences with it have been bad. I And so I have this expectation that it's just going to be bad. Like, it's always going to turn out bad. It's always not going to work. It's always going to like fall through. The person's always going to turn out to be somebody that I, somebody else than I thought they were. And I love myself, but I think it's about somebody proving to me otherwise. Like, I think it's about somebody showing me that it's not, that it's my expectation isn't the truth. Okay, well. But I haven't had that yet. I recently, I recently read something. Our thoughts create reality. Mm. So when we're constantly, that's why a lot of times you're, you're so scared of being cheated on, you end up dating someone that cheats on you. And then you're like, of course that happens to me. And that's because subconsciously, <laughs> we're genuinely attracting the things we fear the most. And that's what ends up coming our way. So when you're so scared of somebody letting you go, you're subconsciously manifesting it. And that's the, and that's why you end up attracting those specific people you're more scared of. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think, and I've learned that I'm still learning that it starts with you. You have to start changing your mindset slowly. And once you believe that you deserve the type of love that you want, and that you're going to get that type of love because you deserve it, then you're gonna to start to attract those specific people. I did realize that, and I have been trying to 
like manifest that coach and manifest those things like whenever it's ready, whenever the universe or God or whatever you want to call it is ready to give it to me. But knowing that that is going to be like what's meant for me in that moment, which is why I posted this Instagram post yesterday that said, uh, I am deserving of what comes to me because it was meant for me. And it's just whatever is in that moment was meant for me and being yeah. okay with that. And I guess it's also being okay with the gray, which is what we're talking about. Too. Yeah. And I think sometimes you're meant to learn at a lot of different lessons. And that's why you at first, because sometimes I realized at one point I was attracting a lot of the same men. It was just different bodies, but mm. the same person. Mm. And it was because I was meant to learn something from it and I wasn't learning it. Yes. So I kept dating the same guy without exactly. realizing. Exactly. And I feel like once I learned it, those type of men stop coming my way. Mm -hmm. Quick shout out to another one of our sponsors today, which is Ship App. As you know, cuffing season is coming up and with quarantine already happening, there's nothing worse than being alone during quarantine and cuffing season. So if you are terrible at dating and make terrible decisions like me, what better way than to have your friends do it for you? Maybe finally you won't be single anymore, which is why I would love to recommend this new dating app that I've been trying lately called Ship. That's S-H-I-P. Ship is different because you can invite your friends to swipe on guys for you. You don't need to make a profile or anything like that. You can just join your friend's crew and start swiping. So it's really cool. You and your friends can just have a ton of fun on Ship. The best part, if you're not single, you can still join Ship and you can help your friends out. One of the fun things about SHIP is that there's a group chat with your crew. So if you suck at starting conversations with guys, which by the way, can't relate, but sucks for you, then your friends can just start for you or tell you what to say on the app. There's also this really cool activity feed where you can see how your friend is swiping. And if they are being way too picky or not picky enough, you can totally call them out on it. So it's basically like stalking your BFF without leaving your house, which I love. So download SHIP, the app, that's S-H-I-P, Search for ship dating in the app store to start swiping today. Like, I feel like now at this point, it's so weird, but all these men are coming my way and they're all chasing me. And it's one of the first times where I know that, like, I've, like, I feel like a lot of times I, like, I, someone comes my way and I'm like, okay, you'll do. Let's say, and I don't yeah. even, I realize I'm not, I didn't even vet them anymore. I just was so desperate to be loved. So I realized, like, okay, V you need to have standards. Yeah. And like, once I realize I have standards, I'm like, I love myself. So of course anyone's going to come my way. is going to love me. Right. And why would they leave me? I wouldn't leave me. And I think I started to attract mm. men who didn't want to leave me recently. But the problem was that now I have my eyes open and because I'm not so desperate to be loved by them, right. I can actually see things that I don't like in them. And this time it's not about potential. So this time I'm not going to be like, well, I'm sure they'll change their ways. Right. It's like, no, that's not good enough for me. I deserve more than that. And you're great just not good and great enough for me. And I'm going to keep going because a man would have done the same thing to me. So it's time right. for me to finally decide what I deserve and what I want. And that's why I feel like every man recently, like I've let them go because mm. I just want something else. And that's okay. That's really honest of you to say. And like, really, <laughs> wow, that's really cool of you to be so honest about that. Because I feel like we're, we're sometimes not honest with ourselves about that, about like wanting to be loved so bad. That yeah. it's just you just take whatever comes your way. But that's very true. You're so right about that. But I feel like you have to be honest with yourself and you have to say these things out loud in order for it to finally be in your brain. Because right. I've been afraid for so long to admit I just want to be loved. Right. Or like I do want a long time partner. 
Mm. But it's like, if I'm not saying it, how the fuck would anyone know that's what I want? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And also like knowing that thinking is that person deserving of me rather than letting your anxiety get to you and be like, am I pretty enough? Am I this? Am I too much? Am I too this? Am I too independent? Am I too scared? Am I too dependent? Am I too taking a step back and taking a breath and being like, is this person deserving of me? What can this person offer to my lifestyle? What can this person offer to my to my life? Literally, that yeah. happened to me a while back with this guy that I was dating that like, we had this amazing night. We've been dating for a minute, literally barely any time. I don't know, two, three weeks, but we're seeing each other a lot. And then afterwards, we had this like one amazing night. And then the next day he was already getting all insecure and it was adding girls on Instagram. My brain was like, well, I guess we're not like official and so it's okay, mm. blah, blah, even though that's not okay for me. Yeah. But I can't even admit that because I'm like, oh, it's fine, whatever. And then in my brain, I was just like, okay, what what do I need to do to make him like uh, commit to me? Yeah. And then I was like, wait, hold back, V. Do you even want him as your boyfriend? Is he right. even good enough for you? <laughs> right. And I was like, wait, okay, he doesn't have a job. He's broke as fuck. He has only been in very toxic relationships. He's never had a serious girlfriend. Suddenly I'm like lining all this stuff up and then I'm like, okay, so chill the fuck out. Who cares yeah. if he's adding other girls? You know what? Let him. Let him go find someone else that's more on his level. Yep. And we stopped talking. Yes. I love that. That yeah. literally happened to me recently too where I was just like, they, because it was the same thing. They were like liking other pictures on it, other girls' pictures on Instagram, following other girls. And they were doing that in our relationship too. And then once we got out and I seen that they were still doing that, I was like, that, see, that's never gonna change. That is what has been happening. And now I'm just like more insecure about where I sit with that person. So it's like shining even brighter. Like that, there's like a spotlight on those things. And that's not something that I'm okay with. Yeah. And instead of being like, why am I not the cool girl? Why can't I just be cool about it? Why can't I just, he wants you, like blah, 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 blah. Like, no. It's okay if that's not cool. It's okay <laughs> if something makes you insecure, but I've dated guys where I didn't even notice that they were liking pictures or not because they made our relationship feel so secure and they made right. me feel so Right, and they so reassured you, yes. That it didn't even matter. It's only when I feel my lowest and the most insecure when I suddenly start to look around and to notice, and that's when I find things. Right. You only find things when you're really looking. Yep, that's so true. But, I mean, it just... It's okay to have boundaries and it's okay to not be okay with certain things. Like you shouldn't feel ashamed of it. Like some girls don't like when their man watches porn. I don't care about it, but some girls care about it. Mm. If that's your thing, then explain the boundaries to the person before you start dating. I've learned now that in order for me to get what I want, I have to ask for it. Yeah. Whether it's my job, whether it's my friends, whether it's my dad, or whether it's the man that I'm dating. Because no one can read my mind anymore. Mm. So I can be passive aggressive and tell somebody like, oh, so why don't you go talk to your other girlfriends? Right. Because they don't know. What I'm, men don't get it. Mm -hmm. I have to be like, hey, that really hurts my feelings. I feel like I, I feel like you're not paying enough attention to me and it makes me feel like I don't matter to you. Right. What's happening? And right. then they'll be like, I'm so sorry you feel that way. And then we can have a conversation. Yeah. That's and it's the, that communication yeah. that is, like you were saying, like if that... If that, cause that was literally something that I was dealing with. Like if that was solid, if we were solid, if the foundation was solid and the communication was solid, the other stuff wouldn't bother me. Cause it was like, we're set. Why am I, exactly. why am I freaking out? But it's exactly. like when the foundation and the communication is crumbling, then the world seems like it's over. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what that's I'm so learning true. now is that sometimes I, I'm so passionate and I rush into things. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, that person's changing or that person's acting different. It's like, no, you're actually getting to know the real the person. The real person. Now. 
because your your hormones are fading now. And so a lot of the time we don't even have we don't even focus on having a foundation with a person before we get into bed with them or before we rush into a relationship with them. And then when you're already dating them, you're like, wait, I don't actually know this person. Right. So that's why. And then that's why it's the same way. If when you rush into a relationship, it fizzles out the same speed because you didn't actually know each other. Yeah. So I'm like realizing all that now and like working on all that. I love so, that. Self-growth. Yeah. Um, but one trick that I always do if a girl makes me insecure, I become their friend. I do that too. So that <laughs> is literally, I don't know if you heard crazy. Oh. The song crazy. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, okay, cool. No, I know I'm crazy. Go on. <laughs> no, right the song crazy. That is my second verse in that is like a real oh, thing. Oh, no, I've I heard did. crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Song, yeah. I, uh, what did I say? Um, fucked up and she show up, but you made decisions, had to go with it. I'm a make friends so we could talk about it <laughs> oh, and yeah. there will be nothing you could do about it. I really did that with somebody. I um, did that all the time. Yeah, I really, <laughs> I really did that. Cause it's not the girl, like the girl is not the issue. The guy is the issue. I always think it's so confusing when I, when like the, when a girl gets mad at another girl. It's not the other girl. It's not the other girl. It's your dude and your situation. So yeah, you okay, I'm like that, that too. So yeah, if I'm dating somebody and they're close with some girl, whether it's their ex or a female, I will become friends with her. And I do the same thing with my my best guy friends. Mm -hmm. When they get a girlfriend, I make sure to that be- That they're comfortable. Yeah, I make yes. sure to be good friends with that girl mm -hmm. so they can feel like there's literally nothing going on. Cause like I have these two guy friends who are like my BFS since I was like for like over 10 years mm. and I've slept in their houses and their beds and all that. So never have I hooked up with either one of them though. Right. So every time they've had a girlfriend, like I make sure to be around them and to me and talk about their guys too. Right. So they just know like, like that's like my that's on. my brother yeah yeah 100 you know? percent. so if only other girls were as like nice as me and really cared okay if only other girls were you <laughs> if other girls were me if only every man just only dated me yes <laughs> um okay so recording an album writing about your feelings all that takes a lot of guts and confidence so what advice do you have for other girls out there who, to be comfortable in their own skin and with being vulnerable Mm. Um, I think everybody has a different way of like being vulnerable and like being comfortable with being vulnerable. For me, like I only feel comfortable when I'm being vulnerable because then I feel like it's my power to give. Like it's my story to tell and you won't find that out about me. I'm going to tell you. It's like leaking your own nudes. Like I would leak my own nudes before anybody else leaked my nudes. Well, because that's because you're a control ideas. freak and so am I, I and am. I do that too. Yes. Like as like, long as I I'm in charge. Have, yes, I want... <laughs> I want to give you that story so that you don't use that story against me by finding it out from somebody else and then manipulating me. Like, yeah. that's my fear. That's my anxiety. So I'm vulnerable out of strength, like out of like power. And yeah, that's just me though. Like everybody's different. But I think being comfortable in your own skin, I mean, that's just something that you grow into and you never really figure out. You're never 100%. Like, I really don't think you're 100%. And that's why, that's something that I'm actually thinking about now, like being single and being pretty comfortable with myself, thinking like, am I gonna date? Like, I don't know if I'm ready to date somebody, but like, am I ever gonna really be ready? Because that ready sounds like you have to be 100% to be with somebody. People and you're don't never realize gonna be 100%. that you're never gonna be ready. You're never. And somebody should, you should have a partner, whether that's a friend, a romantic partner, like whatever it is, to have somebody to help you like see the beauty in you when you're failing or when you're looking down on yourself or when it's nice to do that for yourself and also have somebody to be like, You know, I think it's beautiful. really beautiful that you, you stated that your vulnerability is your strength. 
because I feel like I'm just now learning that. And I'm mm. sure a lot of people also don't realize that yet or they're learning that because I think I constantly yearn. I keep I keep vulnerability to myself. And then I feel like I was always constantly yearning then for a partner mm. that I can finally unload my vulnerability on. And that's why it would be so hard for me to like let that person go or I would find the wrong people just so right. I can spill my stuff on. And what you just said, where you just find a partner, whether it's a friend or all that, it, I, it's 100% true. And I think it's the best advice for other people out there. You, your vulnerability is your strength. So that's why you have to unload it on, on your friends, other people. So then you don't end up depending on this one person right. to be your all. And that's how you're able then to have a healthy relationship or that's how you're able to find like a real person versus just needing to be loved so bad right. and needing to talk about your feelings so bad that you're like, okay, you'll do. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so I think that's how you're going to be on the right pathway then to find like your person or like yeah. the right person or a healthy relationship for 100%. sure. 100%. I think also something that we get stuck in is like, I mean, at least me, I can't really speak for everyone, but for me, I get nervous that I am just like burdening people with all my information because I'm so like, I will just give every detail and I'm so willing to talk. Um, but then I get in my head afterwards every time, kind of like how you were saying about like how you feel shame after masturbating. I feel shame after like spilling all my fucking emotional secrets. Like I'm like, shit, should I not, not have said that? Should I but not that's have That's so normal. Her? It's so normal, but I didn't realize that. And I put a lot of guilt on myself and like pressure on myself or like, I just made myself feel bad for like being open about things. And that's what led me to like a pretty suicidal episode like two weeks ago. Cause right, I was like- Can you tell I just me have, about that? Yeah. Um. So basically- I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I've been, I've dealt with anxiety and depression my entire life. It's something that I talk about a lot in my music um, and just like in interviews and podcasts and whatever. Um, I'm very open about it. I've, I've dealt with depression. I've always been like a very, like a person who's like very up and down, very black and white, very extreme. Um, and this most recent um, depressive episode I had, I just felt very alone. And it was like, even if I, I didn't want to talk to people because I didn't want to unload myself on everybody that loved me. Cause I just felt like right now is such a extreme time. Like right now there's so much going on. Like, why does everybody need me? No one needs me to like unload even my shit on them. And I also like put a lot of pressure on myself to fix the world and be that person who is vulnerable out of strength and also is like, no, but I got it. Like, I'm good and I'm going to keep pushing. And like, mm -hmm. I got you if you need me. Yeah. And so I just felt very alone. And like, even if I were to talk to people, I would just feel embarrassed or like ashamed of how I felt. And it led me to like isolate myself emotionally. And even if I was talking to people, I would like pretend like, like that was all I needed to talk about, even if there was like even deeper level shit. Um. And so there was just moments where, and I also, sorry, another thing is I felt very weak because I was looking to like my ex who was one people, one person who was like really there for me. Like when he was there for me, he was very comforting and like, it felt good to talk to him. And I didn't want to like rely on him because we weren't together anymore. Um, so, and I didn't want to like be weak. I wanted to just have it on my own. So it led me to like a night where I was just, it was a couple nights in a row. And then the third night was just like really, really bad. And I felt very alone. I ended up calling the suicide aware, uh, suicide hotline and talking to somebody on the hotline. And they really like calmed me down a lot. But as soon as I got off the phone, it was just like, 
everything that I was feeling that I like was kind of like pushing down while I was talking to him, like came back out. And I started to have a really bad panic attack and I couldn't move and I couldn't get out of bed. My whole body froze. It was like, it took everything in me just to get up and, or like sit up or breathe or like do anything. And I just got so trapped in my head. And um, I was able to call um, Jasmine, one of like my best girlfriends and one of my managers. And she just kind of like coached me through it and was like, if you can't move, we have to call the ambulance. I'm, wow. I need you to move. Like, please just try to move. And she came and she called my ex and my ex came and like, they were really there for me. Um, but even then, like, I felt so embarrassed when they got there, you know, like I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm so fucking weak. Like, what is wrong with me? I want to be the person who like can just snap out of it and like be okay, you know? Um, but it was just really hard for me in that moment. But then, you know, after like, especially when my, when my ex came and like, he stayed and like was there for me. He said something, which is why I will forever be grateful for him. And he's an amazing guy. He was like, I know that you're Superwoman, but even Superwoman is only one person. And that is like something that I will carry forever, you know, and remember is that like, you need people sometimes. You need, <laughs> you need people and that's okay. Yeah. And I think we've been as women and especially as black women, like we've been made to feel like it's us against the world and like nobody will ever have our backs because we've had to do a lot of fighting for ourselves and we do fighting for our community and we do fighting for our world. And I think every everybody, I mean, every woman and especially women of color can understand that, you know? And it was something that I talked to my therapist about. Like, yeah. is this do I need to do this on my own? Do I need to feel bad for this? And she explained to me, like, it's okay to need people. What, No matter what um, box they fit in or what role they play in your life, it's okay to need people. We're, humans are meant to be an animal of community. Like, we are meant to rely. Community has different roles. If you look at the history of people, we've had tribes, we've had people who have had certain roles, and you're not meant to just do all the roles for yourself. That is not what we are scientifically even meant to be capable of or not capable of. So knowing that it's actually physically impossible and knowing that I'm not weak for not being able to be superwoman and superman and, and whoever else, knowing I can just be superwoman and that's okay, made me feel a little less weak. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I really appreciate that. That makes you, shows how strong you are. Second of all, um, I'm really proud of you for calling a suicide hotline because that was like an amazing step. And there is something really, for some reason, relieving about talking to a stranger sometimes about your pain because you're so embarrassed to admit the people that you love that you just don't have it all together. And there's something about just talking to a stranger that you just don't feel judged. And yes. thank God for those hotlines. And I'm proud of you for calling one. And then I'm proud of you for, and I think the reason you ended up having that episode afterwards was because it was all your emotions unloading at once. And yeah. that's where your body was like shaking with all the emotions and that you were meant to go through. Yeah. And I'm also proud of you for finally then calling um, your friend and your ex to help you <laughs> and for being strong enough to talk about it right now. Thanks. I mean, how like <laughs> you're so strong for discussing all of that and i agree with you all that and um i think that's really amazing what your ex-boyfriend said to you um my mom has something similar to me that has helped me through when she's like 
you can't be strong for everyone else. Like sometimes you have to be there for yourself. And I, and I, I agree. And she said, you can't, um, I, I forget. I think it was like last year. I don't know if I've talked about my podcast, but last year when I was kind of hit rock bottom mentally again, and suddenly I started to have uh, suicidal thoughts and things like that. And, and, and I, I talked to my friends and when I loaded on my friends, it was the first time I was just like, I do need people. Right. And it was because you can't, be strong for other people all the time. Sometimes it's okay to let other people be strong for you. Yeah. And I learned that last year. And like last year, when I started to let people in, I learned how much easier life gets mm. when you don't hold everything in in your heart. Because yeah. like after a while, and a great analogy for this would be that if, for example, if you're carrying a backpack, let's say, in school with mm. books, and you keep putting more and more books in there and you mm. never take any of them out, it's gonna be really hard to carry that backpack. Right. You have to unload some of those books. And mm. it's the same thing with your emotional self and with your heart. You can't, you can't, no, not even Superman can hold that back. Or like not even the strongest right. person in the world can hold that backpack if you just keep putting bricks in there right. and you're not taking anything out. You have to unload the same thing with your emotional self and your heart. You can't harbor all this hate and frustration and emotions and and it's it's gonna eat you up and you're not gonna be able to move right that's what happened to your body you you can't move anymore and you have to unload and that's when you finally unload like your body felt free and i even started doing this thing a while back where i started to try to understand where i feel something where i feel it physically in my body to connect mm. it to that and one time i was like when i finally let go of like when I was harboring emotions, I was, my mom is my savior. Like I always talk to her about a lot of things. So when I was talking to my mom about something, I felt like it leaving my heart. And then I felt like this like tension in my shoulder and it mm. literally was moving through my arm. Like I could feel this anger and pettiness and frustration just like leaving, exiting my mm. body once I unload it. And I think for me, I mm. guess connecting to my body has helped me then feel like it's in like it's actually a real thing where you can just like let it go like yeah. it's like bricks that i'm just throwing out yeah and it does it does like yeah. manifest into like a physical thing i totally know what you're saying when i when i find myself in like an anxious ruminating train of thought then i'm like i just take a deep breath and i try to focus on something in my surroundings like in my immediate surroundings and then i and I can just feel that like lifting, like I harbor it a lot here. Like, which is a, is it's I a great it. advice for anxiety, by the way. It's a real method for people to do. If you're getting a panic attack or anxiety, one of the ways for you to try to release it is by focusing on something in your room and just like looking at that. And that really helps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, for me, when I connect it to my body, then I'm I, then in my brain, I'm like, oh, I'm in control now. Right. It's not in control of me. And I can like I can I can allow it to exit my body. Right. So then I'm always like, where's my anger? Okay, it's in my stomach. Right. Now it's going up here. Okay, because now I'm hurt. I'm hurting because anger is not a real emotion. It's coming from right. pain. Okay, I'm in pain. It's right here. I need to let this pain go. Like mm. I can't hold on to it. It's not mine anymore. I need to let it go. And I release it and then just exits my body. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. That is so beautiful. I'm very poetic. <laughs> you are though. But that's that's interesting what you said about... Um, about letting people be there for you and like how hard it is to allow somebody. And I think, I think that's something that people with abandonment issues, uh, <laughs> Hey, um, people with abandonment issues struggle with is like allowing, which is the same thing that we were talking about with love. Like allowing somebody to be there for you is really hard because you don't want to like 
allow them to disappoint you or like yeah. not be there and then i'm like you give them the opportunity yeah, to not be there then, when you allow them to be there for exactly because then <laughs> yeah. it's like next time what if i depend on them they won't be there for me and then i'll be so disappointed and then like what was i thinking or what if they hold it against me yes exactly but people and then who it's like, love you won't do that to you right i haven't figured that out yet though i'm Still. learning that too okay let me know when you get there and then like i'll catch up but also you have no idea like the i know i always like listeners when they like let me know some of the conversations they hear and they're like i feel like i'm talking to my friends and it was so healing and i sometimes i don't fully understand because i'm like oh but they, you weren't even in the room and but like i get it now like you talking about your experience like healed me a little like today which is mm. so amazing to me because i feel like i'm as much as I love to give advice and I love to read all these things and to educate my followers and listeners about things, it's so amazing to me how much I'm still learning about who I am as a person and how to grow. Mm. And every time I have guests, like I love to have guests like you on because you you end up teaching me so much. Just like being even so open about being bipolar and being so open about having a um, your suicidal episode and calling a suicide hotline and, and everything, it makes me feel like I'm okay then. I'm gonna mm. be okay. And then you talking to me and sharing your emotions with me, it is slowly healing me. So that's why I think it's so beautiful to share with other people why it's so important. You know, yeah. you just you never know how much someone else actually needs it. That's so true. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. That was nice. That also was do nice. shrooms. It's really good. For you. <laughs> so the second lesson, do shrooms. It's really yeah, good for you. Do shrooms. It's really good for you. Um, okay. So what are you currently working on? myself oh <laughs> that's not funny that's just so sweet it is it sounds like very um like i was looking for a aw, but like it no, really is true quarantine has made me like really focused on myself and like trying to figure out it's I don't have any distractions anymore really from myself and from what I want in my life and from yeah. what is not serving me and my mental health and quarantine has forced me to really zone in on that and there's no running away from it anymore because I'm just in my room so if I'm not doing if I'm not doing something that is serving me or if I'm not doing something that is helping my mental health or having a positive um having a positive effect on me then I will be ruminating about it and that's like very unhealthy so I just have to cut all those things yeah that makes sense i love that and i i feel like a lot of people are going through that and i think that's the as much as is a negative part of quarantine it's also the beautiful part of quarantine you have a choice now how do you want to leave when quarantine ends how do you want to exit it right and do you want to go back to how it was or do you want to go back to do you want to go to something new and something yeah i feel like a snake that sh like that i've shed so many of my skins at this point i'm still growing yeah and i'm finally i feel like i finally see the light and uh um, trying my best to constantly be positive where even when I'm sad, I pick myself back up so much faster now. Mm. And it's because I've been working on myself. And yeah. like, it sounds like you've been working on yourself too as well, so. And that's that's also the beautiful thing about like how many, if you can find a beautiful thing, the beautiful thing in the rounds of like depression or the rounds of like bottoms that you hit is that you find something new to help you every time to get out of that. Like I know I've I've learned so many new coping mechanisms to feel better just yeah. from this one. And and I, I used some of the ones from the last depression that I had to help me feel better this time. Because the truth of the matter is life is not just all good. Life is sometimes fucking shitty. And it's about being in that balance, in that in-between of good and bad, of dark and light, of evil and, and 
love love i don't know what but the you'll other never but the thing is you'll never get to appreciate the light if you don't go through the dark first right. so it's like those bad moments that it's up to you how you're going to take it are you going to always be the victim or are you going to be your own hero and right. are you going to say and you're going to save yourself so it's up to you to pick yourself up but not just alone whether it's talking to your friends or whatever to take yourself out of the darkness and to go towards the light and you appreciate the light and you appreciate the good moments so much more mm. and understand how blessed you are when you had moments that were really low and really dark. Mm. I feel like that's what's helped me. Like today I felt a little overwhelmed with work and at a few seconds where I just felt like crying about it, you know? And, uh, but afterwards right away, I was just like, I'm crying about something that two months ago, I wanted to be in that situation. Right. I wanted to work. So what's really happening? I was like, oh, I'm crying over a guy. Okay, cool. So that's the point of that. The root of the problem is daddy man, issues. Daddy issues. Oh, it's my daddy issues. Yeah, okay, Got cool. it. Uh, but like, you know, I, I realized how blessed I am. Mm. So I think, I and I realized where I was two months ago. So I mm. think it's like, you got to take the good with the bad, the darkness with the light. And the most beautiful things comes out of the darkness. Like my parents fucking in the dark, you know, I came out. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but like, not really, though. It's real. I mean, maybe they had it did in the morning. Like, I don't know. True. Like, I don't, I don't know their Could've sex been. life. But um, I don't want to know. But uh, but yeah. So, wow. I feel like I feel like this was so therapeutic for me. Yay. Did you enjoy this Me podcast? Me too. I really did. I really did. Okay, good. Is there anything that you wish I asked you that I didn't? No. Okay, good. Um, so do you see yourself releasing any new albums or singles or playlists this year? The deluxe will be coming out. I love that you added all of them. I just realized that. I was like, what did she just say? Deluxe? <laughs> I'm trying to be educated. Playlist? I love all, that. All, all those things. Um, uh, the deluxe, Kiki, the deluxe album will be coming out. Uh, when? Don't know yet. Okay, cool. So it's, more towards the end of the year. Yeah, it, it'll be within the next couple months, but there's no set date yet because it changes every five seconds. I get that. Where can people find you? Um, Everything is at Kiana Lede. That's K-I-A-N-A-L-E-D-E, bitch. <laughs> Sorry, I had to add the bitch to spell right. That's good. Okay, well, you guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Tired to Be Crazy with me, Viola Benson. Um, don't forget to leave me a five-star review. I read all of them. I know it sounds like I'm just saying it, but I swear I do. And some of them are really funny. And yeah, also DM me if you have any questions. DM Kiana if you have any questions. Make sure to follow her on Instagram. Check out all of her music. It's really good. Right now, my favorites are like Second Chances and X. Is it X's or X? X. X and, well, like moving. And then there's one about like fucking, which one is that one? Separation or Honest? Honest. Yeah. And then She Loves Crazy. So check out all of her music. It's really good. <laughs> anyway, you guys, thank you so much for listening for another, another episode of Too Tired to Be Crazy. And I'll see you guys next week. And don't forget before I go, if you're feeling really down on your, or you're feeling depressed, make sure to talk to somebody. Because of what we talked about today that could be very triggering, I will make sure to leave some uh, links to suicide hotlines. And don't forget I love you. Don't forget you're not alone. And hope you have a blessed day. Bye, guys. Bye.